This morning's first reading can be found on page 202 of the New Testament section of the Church Bible. It is taken from the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, beginning at verse 16. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the words of prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do this. The second reading can be found on page 88 of the New Testament section of the Bible. It is taken from the book of John, chapter 1, verses 6 to 8, followed by verses 19 to 28. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. Verse 19. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had sent him from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. This is the word of the Lord. Sylvia, thank you very much indeed. Let's pray together. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Lord Jesus Christ, may you come and meet with us now.
that we would know your light and your love in our lives this day. And we ask this in your name. Amen. So as we've heard and as the candles show, it's the third Sunday of Advent. Traditionally a time when the church begins to move from looking ahead to the second coming of Jesus in the future to prepare us for Christmas itself and Christ coming. And so today as we think about that theme with John the Baptist, let me ask you a question. How are you feeling about Christmas? How are you feeling about Christmas? Only, what, eight days away? I asked Rebecca, my wife, this question this week. I I got consent to be able to share this with you, this answer. I said, Rebecca, how are you feeling about Christmas? Her answer, one word, unprepared. Unprepared. I wonder how many of us feel like that. We might feel unprepared. We might feel very excited. We might feel anxious. We might just have that ache in our heart because someone we love is not with us. Maybe was last year. Maybe hasn't been for a long time. How do we prepare? How do we prepare for Christmas? Well, if I can put it this way, St. John the Baptist, or John the Baptist, he's the patron saint of preparedness. He's the prophet who prepares. In Matthew and Mark and Luke's Gospel, all three Gospels, they say these words, prepare the way for the Lord. And so this morning, as we prepare ourselves for Christmas, we get to listen in to the patron saint of preparedness, to the prophet who prepares for the coming of God himself. And you might remember that Zechariah, his father, is struck dumb before John's birth. And then when the birth is coming, John's father's lips are open, Zechariah, and Zechariah says these things, you shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way. So as we prepare, we look to the one who prepares the way for the coming. And in our verses this morning, John will tell us two things that help us get ready for Christmas, but equally, I think, help us to prepare for the coming of Christ. So have a look. If you've got your Bibles open, page 88, the first thing John the Baptist says is, not me. In fact, he says it three times. Not me, not me, not me. No, no, no. Do you ever play those games with your children or grandchildren, godchildren? Guess who? Who is it? And you have to flick them down. Who is it? Who is it? Well, that's what these religious leaders were told. John chapter 1, verse 19. That's what they're doing. This is the testimony given by John, verse 19, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, here's the question, who are you? Who are you? You know in life when someone rises to the fore and they're a new kid on the block, the powers that be, those who are gatekeepers, they want to find out who is this person? What do they think they're doing? Where have they come from? What's their credentials? Well, that's what these religious leaders from Jerusalem are doing. Who are you? And then verse 20, it's as though the Apostle John can't labour the point itself. We heard it when Sylvia read. He confessed it and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. Not him. Not me, says John the Baptist. And then another question comes. Verse 21, and they ask him, what then? Are you the Elijah? If you're not the Messiah, God's king, the promised one, the son of David, who are you? Are you Elijah? In the Old Testament, Malachi promised that before the Lord came, Elijah would come. And so they ask him, are you Elijah? And he says, I am not. Now it's strange, we might know other places where Jesus in the Gospels tells us 
John the Baptist is the Elijah to come. But from John the Baptist's point of view, he's not. Not at this time. And then lastly, last question, verse 21b, are you the prophet? The one God promised of old, like Moses, who God would have his words in this person and would speak God's word so that others would listen and know God. And John the Baptist, again, what does he say? No. No, 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 not me. That's the first thing John the Baptist says. Not me, not me, not me. Now, I couldn't believe it this week. As I was preparing this sermon, our daughter Rosanna learnt a new word, utterly unprompted by her dad preaching on this sermon. The new word, me. I kid you not. I have no idea where she got that word from. I'm sure it was from her dad, me. Not even just my now, but me. It's pretty basic to human instincts, isn't it? Me, me, me. As we get older, we disguise that quite well. Think about Christmas time and the tensions and challenges in your own family. We, we manage to hide that me, me, me pretty well. But actually, it's still there, even as Christians. John the Baptist says, not me, not me, not me. In fact, at the beginning of our reading, verse 6, 7 and 8, it says that there was a man sent from God. His name was John. And it says he was not the light. Not the light, not the Messiah, not Elijah, not the prophet. John is one of those unique humans in history who has learned what it is to point away from himself and to another. Not me. I learnt this week a little bit of art. I'm not very well up on my art, but apparently Leonardo da Vinci was the first person to paint John the Baptist pointing. And from that time on, when Leonardo da Vinci painted this painting in Rome from about 1513 to 1516, artists ever since have followed him in depicting John the Baptist pointing pointing up. And you can see that in the Louvre in Paris even today. So what are we to make of this man who is so clear about what he's not? So self-effacing? Because elsewhere in the Gospels, in Matthew, Matthew 11 verse 11, Jesus says these words about John the Baptist. Can you imagine if Jesus said this about you? This is what Jesus said about John the Baptist. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, there is not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Can you imagine that? Jesus says of this man, there's no one who's ever lived who is greater than him. And what does John the Baptist say? Such humility, such clarity of who he is. Not me, not me, not me. It's been said that if someone gets themselves so wrong, Jesus says the greatest man ever, John the Baptist says no, no, no. If someone gets their own self-identity that wrong then it can only be for two reasons. Either because they're so absorbed with looking at themselves that every little flaw in their own personality is magnified. You might know people like that. You might feel like that sometimes where everything about you is, oh, not me, not me, not me, I'm I'm nothing. Is that John? Is that the reason for his not me, not me, not me? Well, it's not. The only other reason for such a clarity of who you are not is because you're looking at something else. John points. And his vision and his gaze and his life is so filled with thoughts of another 
that in comparison, he can only say, I am not. This is the story of every Christian. That there has come a moment in their life, or maybe gradually over time, where they've realized in comparison to Jesus Christ, I am not. And their life is now a signpost, a reflection of what this one, Jesus Christ, has done in them and for them. This is the prayer of every Christian. Not me, but him. And this is the the ongoing story of every Christian. Not me, but him. And so back in the text, remember the guess who game? Who are you, who are you, who are you? You can almost feel the frustration of the questioners. They can't go back to the powers that be without an answer. And so, verse 22, then they say to him, who are you? Same question. Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John, what do you say? And John answers, not me, but him. Verse 23, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. There's a curious irony if you think about it. John's father was voiceless before John was born. And here is John who declares himself as, I am the voice. One commentator says he is nothing but a voice. And what's he doing while he's in the wilderness, the place that's far from God, the place of death, the place where there's no life. And he's there bringing life and light to the people of God. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. The Lord. In the Old Testament, the Lord capitals, L-O-R-D, Yahweh. The Lord who made heaven and earth. The Lord who sustains and gives life to all things and all people. The Lord who is high and holy. The Lord who heaven and the highest heavens cannot contain. John the Baptist says, I have come to prepare the way for the Lord. Not me, says John, but him. Him with a capital H. Lord with a capital L. This is God Almighty coming. And John can't help but point. I don't know if anyone has seen the new Napoleon film. The great Ridley Scott has produced another classic, so I'm told, not seen it yet, but stars Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon. Well, Napoleon, in his own life, is attributed to him that he was a believer in Jesus Christ. He had a mixed religious life. Sometimes he wasn't sure, sometimes he was. But these are some of the words that are attributed to him about Jesus Christ. Because like John the Baptist, Napoleon realized who Jesus was. Listen to these words. Napoleon said, I know men and I tell you that Jesus Christ is not a man. Superficial minds see a resemblance between Christ and the founders of empires and the gods of other religions. That resemblance does not exist. Jesus is and was the Son of God and so there is between Christianity and whatever other religions teach the distance of infinity. 
Prepare the way for the Lord. Every Christian knows this in their own life. That the Lord himself, the God of heaven and earth, has come to them, not just as a babe born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. He's come to you. And you know the remarkable truth and mystery that Jesus Christ is God. And in comparison, you say, not me, but him. And so, come back to the passage, verse 25. It finishes the story, the debate, the dialogue between the characters. They ask him, why then are you baptizing if you're neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? What are you doing, John? What's all this water about? Why are you calling everyone to come and get washed and cleansed in this water? At that time, the only people who would have got baptized were non-Jews. It was the Gentiles, the people who weren't God's people, who had to be washed and cleansed and then could join God's family. John's saying, everyone's got to come. Everyone's got to be washed. Everyone's got to be cleansed. And that's how you come to God, through water, through washing, through cleansing. And John answers, verse 26, I baptize with water. He doesn't even bother answering. He just says, I do it. (laughs) Such is the confidence, the humility of one who says, not me but him. Among you stands one whom you do not know. The one who is coming after me, I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. It's extraordinary. On the one hand, you've got this picture of John talking with the religious leaders and Jesus is amongst them somewhere. John says, among you stands one you do not know. That could be a title for secular Britain in 2023 as we celebrate Christmas in a few days' time. Among you stands one you do not know. It was the same in John's day. In fact, as the passage goes on, you discover John doesn't know who Jesus is. Curious. The second cousin of Jesus. It hasn't yet been revealed to John, it seems, that Jesus is the Son of God. And what does he say? I am not worthy even to untie the thong of his sandal. To untie the sandals in the first century was something reserved only for the lowest of slaves. And you would only do that for the highest of emperors and Caesars and kings. And John says, I I am not worthy to do that for this person. He's breaking all the categories. He's saying there is someone among us that you do not know, I don't know, but his glory and his greatness is so much that I can't, I can't even go down to my laces to go as low as I can to him. Such is his glory and greatness. And so John says, not me, but him. And you might recall that later in the gospel, the Lord Jesus Christ gets lowly. He hasn't just descended from the highest of heavens to come as a baby, he goes down to the feet of his disciples. And do you remember what he does? He washes their feet. And for John the Baptist, somehow he already knows that the one to come will do all this. See what happens next. See the next verse when Jesus suddenly appears. You see what he says? Verse 29, look the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. No wonder John said, not me, but him. Some of us might suffer with a Messiah complex as we head towards Christmas, trying to be everything for everyone. 
Not so John the Baptist. Let us hear from the voice who still speaks this day that word for us, who points beyond himself to the one who came for us, who not only washes our feet, but as we celebrate Holy Communion, comes and his own body is broken and his blood is shed for us. Not him, but me, says John the Baptist. The revolution of the Christian's life is more and more knowing this for themselves. Not me, but him. And it's extraordinary to think. In the Gospel of John, as the Apostle John tells the story of Jesus' life, the last words of John the Baptist, chapter 3, verse 30, John says this of Jesus. He must be greater and I must be less. In the presence of such glory, in the presence of the one who made all things, who became one of us, who went even to a cross for us, isn't that our prayer, our longing? That the Lord Jesus we know, who loves us and came for us, he would be greater and we would be lesser. This Christmas, the date itself, the calendar itself, the holiday you will celebrate, all points to the fact, not me, but him. A third of the world think Jesus is the Son of God. The Western world and most of the known world will stop, not me, but him. Even if they don't believe in him, they will do that. And the next time you look at your phone or write the date, that will tell you, not me, but him. And so as we listen to the patron saint of preparedness, as we prepare for Christmas, may we in our own hearts say, not me, but him. Let us pray. He must be greater, and I must be less. Lord Jesus Christ, give us grace and help us by your Spirit that with John the Baptist we would know the joy and wonder of saying, not me, but him. That you would fill our lives with your light and your love. For your sake we pray. Amen.